I, I've literally never dreaded <laughs> dreaded recording a show. So is, just, uh, we get, we get up here in front of this stuff like setup. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Fuck. Are we sure we don't need okay. to do something else? I think I can. Uh, hmm. No. Maybe we can find. No. All right. Before we get going, the following uh, following presentation is a satirical or parody performance. Uh, it is intended for both critical and educational purposes in accordance with the fair use doctrine of U.S. copyright law. We are not violating anything because we are not asking for any money. We are not duplicating this, this at all. We are simply providing a, a satirical and critical view of this piece of work. So, base is covered. We are not reading any sponsorship at all. No. Nothing whatsoever. We uh, are just going after this because with what we're doing here, sponsorship and... That like is a bit crass. I'm Jim. He's Clarkson. We are the Film Thugs at www.thefilmthugs.com. And we are not responsible for this. We are not. We are responsible for reading it, but we did not create this. No. We are doing this as a, 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 a mocking of the hubris required to create a piece of work. Yes, like this. <laughs> Such as We're this. not making fun of the subject matter. No, not at, at all. all. We are attacking the... Uh, the mindset that thought this could work. Now, I read something uh, that the original screenwriters, and I'm, I want to start with an apology to the original screenwriters because I mentioned that them they were like sacks of shit or something like that before. Mm-hmm. I apologize because they said in an interview, our original script was about a bastard. Yeah. A total bastard who informed on everyone, yep. who pressured his wife to use her relationship, her friendship with the circus owner to get him a better place. Yep. And it was about the redemption of an awful bastard of a human being. Right. That's it. There what, was no <laughs> scenes played for comedy. Mm-mm. Like one you'll see soon. Yes. Like the very first thing we're reading. Now, last week, let us recap briefly. Yeah. We met Helmut Dork. Uh Previous, uh, a former brilliant clown, well-respected and beloved, who has fallen on hard times and is now relegated to the lowest spot in his circus. Uh, He fucks up one night, embarrasses Gustav the Great, and, um, oh, by the way, Helmut Dork wasn't the guy's original name. It was like Schmidt. Because, yeah, better fucking name. But anyway, so he embarrasses the main clown, ends up getting fired. He's drunk insults the Fuhrer in public and ends up being sent to a, uh, a prison camp. It was a, you know, an in, uh, not, an, not even a concentration or no, an internment camp. camp. It was just a prison camp uh, for political dissidents, basically. Um, when we, we then jumped ahead and he is shown even more broken, even more empty, and uh, obsessing with, and this ends up being very important later, uh, getting his case reviewed so that he can be released. Yeah. It's been two years in the prison camp yeah. at this point. Uh-huh. And it's he's been obsessed with getting his forms right. Yes. That, uh, he'll be released at any minute. Yeah, and he everybody won't. talks about how he he won't perform. He won't give anything. Yeah. He's just sort of there and uh, I'm kind of a prick. Um, and when we last saw it, he actually snuck out of his barracks at night, went to the you know head of the, you know, the guard that he's been talking to about it, and... When he gets called out for being out at night, he snaps and he's like, listen to me, you dumb son of a bitch. And and so he's sent back and uh, Keltner, the very kind priest, spiritual guide of everyone in the camp. It's like, dude, I told you not to do this. I told you not to do this. Right. 
And so we are right now at a spot where we realize that even though it is the fantasy of him getting out, he has really put that to where, no, it's, it's not going to fucking happen. No. You know, he screwed it up. And now we are in, uh, they, they are also, there's some new prisoners in their barracks because they are clearing part of the camp out for an undisclosed reason. Right. They're just clearing part of it out. So we don't really know why. It's just sort of. They had to make more space in their barracks for prisoners from another section of the camp uh-huh. because another section is being opened for new arrivals. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. And uh, some of the new guys are jerks. Oh, um, Joseph, who mm. you, you know, yes. I talked to him and he was like, make love, not war. Really? When that line hit, he was like, I reacted exactly the same way you guys did. And I was like, as a screenwriter, if you even put that in your first draft, you need to quit. If you look, like I said, everybody has these temptations to yeah. write cute little things when you're alone in a room with the door mm-hmm. closed. Yeah. It's fine. Uh-huh. Write it out. Get it out of your system. Right. Don't hand it to someone else and say, This is pretty read good. This. What do you want to do about that? Not just this is pretty good, but yeah. it's fine. Just read it. it. This needs to be on fucking film. People are going to lose their mind. Make love, not war. That's what I say. Hey, you like that? Hey, I just made that up. Oh, original Forrest Gump here. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the shit that's in here. Uh, Oh, by the way, Joseph also told me when he was working as a line cook at the draft house, this Mm -hmm. is the only aside. He said, we put on jailbreak, cowboy song, boys are back in town for a loop for about eight hours and. Nobody had a problem with it. Hey. No one did anything. And I was like, okay. And honestly, it was like, if somebody had gone for the radio, it would have been a, excuse me? Like, okay. One guy did go for the radio when I worked <laughs> at the Draft House Kitchen for the Bob Marley and the Whalers uh-huh. same tape that had been played for three hours. Mm-hmm. I think he threw it in a fryer. Nice. Because the next thing was Black Flag, and that's all we heard. <laughs> for the well, rest all of the right. So. Well, what, by the time we're done with this, you will want Black Flag and nothing but Black Flag for the rest of the night. Hey, Just sounds to good to get me. Get the fuck away. So, uh, and just so you can tell, this is not shit we want to be talking about. Really we're isn't. we're prolonging the fucking act. We're like we just we don't. Uh, we are we are on uh, <laughs> just arrive at Jim's place for yeah. the uh, lost weekend uh, mm. on drink one, and uh, yeah, we're we're just having a, a polite uh, cocktail here. Yes, uh-huh. for this, not uh, mm-hmm. we're not prolonging throughout yeah. this because as we were saying, this is either we need to be. Stone Cold Sober, mm. or just so drunk that this might seem like, yeah, I'm glad we're doing this. This is a great this idea. Awesome. And matter of fact, yeah. he's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's right. Jewish people would love this. They would love it. You're yeah. right, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Your additional uh, material was a great idea. Anyway. Actually, I think that is, uh, <laughs> oh my God, uh, The Day the Clown Cried Part 2. Your additional material was yes. a great idea. Yeah. This Gerard. <laughs> wow, Jerry Lewis, your additional material was a great idea. All right. By the way, we are on page 43. If you're following along, if you're following at, along home. at home, we are on page 43. For those of you uh, playing the Day the Clown Cried home game, yeah. we are on page 43 right now. Of 138 of 138. Pages. Fucking pages. Just so we're clear, what we are reading here is a movie that in the theater would be two hours and ten minutes. Yes. And we haven't got to the bad part yet. The next bit yet. is fucking horrifying. And uh, let's say we jump into it. And this is one where 
the amount uh, you basically just need to imply on your own at the end of it. No, in you need to infer at the end of it. What infer at the end of every paragraph, anything, both of us saying, fuck you Mm -hmm. to Jerry Lewis. Fuck you. Basically. So without further ado, exterior barracks H day. The same guard is motioning for the men to hurry and get outside. He is standing at the doorway to the barracks, and the men are moving out into the ice-cold morning as briskly as they can. The guard moves inside after the last man has made his exit. Interior barracks, day. Shooting over the guard as he looks around, we see Keltner coming out of the toilet area, rushing because he's late. He throws his towel on his bunk, and as he does, he sees what stops him in his track. Kletner's point of view. It is Helmet, still sound asleep in his bunk. Another angle. Keltner moves toward Helmet to wake him up. Guard in sotto voce. Reverend, let him sleep. You move out. I'll take care of this. Keltner reluctantly starts to move towards the front door. As the guard passes him on the way to Helmet's bunk, Keltner goes out the door. The guard sneaks over to the bunk where Helmet is asleep and very sneakily slips the cover off of Helmet's body. He then proceeds to open the window over his head and the window alongside and across the way and opens the back door, which is adjacent to the toilet area, and walks out of the barracks, leaving the front door wide open. Exterior, Barracks H, day. All the men are lined up for inspection. They are all looking straight ahead as the guard walks down the line, all except Keltner, who can't help but look in the direction of the barracks, where he knows Helmet is still sleeping. He throws a glance at the guard as if to say, Why? Why are you doing this? Why did he leave Helmet sleeping? Usually the one thing that would send a guard up a wall. Why is he allowing this to happen? Guard, as he finishes his walk. You are a sick-looking group of things. I can't even call you human. Because you're not. You're all lice. Dismissed! The men break up and go about their business. They move in all directions, but Keltner starts to the doorway to the barracks and is detoured by the guard who knew he would as he stands in the way of Keltner, who has to turn away to go about his business. The guard peeks into the barracks. Interior barracks, guard, point of view, day, helmet still sleeping. Exterior barracks, close, guard, day. He is delighted. He grabs the door and slams it shut with a bang that would wake up the dead. Then he opens it again and walks off. Interior barracks, close, helmet, day. He jumps from out of his hard sleep, foggy and unsure about where he is, what time it is, and he looks around and sees the barracks are empty, and he panics. He is also shivering. The barracks feel like the inside of a meat truck refrigerated somewhat below zero. Helmet grabs his pants from from his bunk, pulls the cover over him as he tries to get the pants on under the cover. It is cold. Photographically... We can show cold in we can show cold props vapor slash smoke. He gets his pants on, jumps onto the cold floor, and dances from the ice like floor. He bends down for his socks and shoes. He wears just a t shirt. Having trouble finding both of his shoes, he grabs the blanket again and covers himself with it while searching for the other shoe. He finds the other shoe and proceeds to put them on, takes a beat, and sees he has no socks on, reaches under the bunk and pulls out the pair of socks, which stand straight up from the cold. He holds them in the air, drops them one at a time on the floor, and they sound like pans hitting the floor. He takes one and blows warm air from his mouth into the socks, one at a time, which warms them. Props. The socks need discussion. That is the most amazing line I've ever read in my life. That's the name of this episode, yeah. in fact. <laughs> the socks need discussion. Your addition. Wow. Uh, he then proceeds to put his shoes on 
and puts one on and then the other. Now wearing both shoes, he starts to tie the laces. He pulls them straight away to tie, the, uh, to tie them and they stand straight up. Props, this is done with leather laces, pure leather. It works without any unnecessary rigging. Insert the standing straight laces. Back to scene. He finally gets them tied and starts still sleepily into the toilet area. We can go for a great sound joke here. He steps into the latrine, closes the door, and we hear the sound of crushed ice being poured into a bowl. He flushes and we sound what might sound like an ice crusher. He then steps out of the train and over to the basin and turns the water on. Let's let's stop. Here. Wait, wait. Oh, oh, Insert oh. Insert oh, yes. the water spigots. They both read cold. Okay. Yeah, this is a scene that I'm going to say, I'm not going to say that it's unquestionably 100% Jerry Lewis, but it's 100% Jerry fucking Lewis. This is one of the most insulting fucking scenes I've ever read anywhere at all. Even if this weren't set in a goddamn concentration camp slash prison camp slash prison camp yeah <laughs> um if in this weren't based in world war ii nazi germany yeah camp uh-huh for prisoners and yeah jews we're yes. gonna find out later yeah, we, the, the, spoiler yeah the way that this movie turns this scene right now might seem a little tone deaf because this is the one that i sent you going movie's a little tone deaf this scene, once you see what the rest of this is about, goes from tone deaf to the worst goddamn thing ever written by a human being anywhere in the world. Just keep the context in mind. Yeah, keep the context. This is what's happening here. This joke <laughs> is going on in this location yes. during this time. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah, just Think consider that. Think about the psychology behind... Someone sitting down to write this and saying, uh-huh. yep, this is a great gag. Do you remember? Because the writers probably didn't have this. No, no, and no. Jerry Lewis was like, wow, what a great time. This is genius. Supposedly. Yeah. Allegedly, in my opinion. That'll be a great idea to put in the middle of this script. Yeah. Here's, here's the way I'll, I'll put it. Holy do, shit. Do you remember the comic relief scene in the middle of Schindler's List? No. Is that because they're Fucking wasn't one. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's why. Yes. Oh, and while we're on the subject, I told a, a group of my students yesterday about, uh, you know, horrible shit, ha- you know, dumb shit happening in Hollywood. And I was like, you know, like how Megan Fox got fired from a movie produced by Steven Spielberg because she compared Michael Bay to Hitler. And they were silent. And I went, Steven Spielberg's Jewish. And everyone went, oh! And then someone, did she know? And I went, everybody knows. Everybody is aware that Steven Spielberg's Jewish. He doesn't try and hide it. It's not like he's like, guys, don't tell anyone. He's not wearing it on his sleeve necessarily. (laughs) Oh, God. This, God, this fucking scene. And and there's there's more. Oh yeah, there's more. Oh yes. So we go from the hilarious bit where both spigots read cold, to back to scene. And as he takes some water in his hands to his face, it is cold, and his face just freezes from the pain of the cold. He looks around and sees a little metal ashtray. It looks like a small bowl or a tin used for uh, from. A used shaving cream lather, lather soap. He fills it with water, and to show his ingenuity, he takes a lighter from his pocket, places it 
places the tin on the edge of the sink and lights the fire under the tin, which couldn't possibly hold more than a handful of water, and proceeds to heat same. Once he is satisfied that it is at least warmer than the spigot supplied, he grabs for the tin, which is so hot from the burning, he screams in another type of pain, the pain of hot, hurting. He decides to flick his fingers in the tin. Uh, and, uh, okay, t- the tin bowl and splash some of the water on his face, which is by now just drips of water. He brushes his teeth with his finger and soap, straightens his hair, and exits the toilet on his bunk to get his shirt, another ice-cold item. He feels how cold it is and doesn't have the courage for another climate blast. He rolls up the shirt and places it under his armpit to warm it. As it hits his arm, the cold just about wipes him out. He decides to sit on it, and he does. And I wish to show you the note that I wrote at the end of that. <laughs> yes. The fuck? Yeah. yeah. The fuck? <sighs> Close. The guard at the door. He's been peeking all the while. He figures he's had his laugh, and it's the first time we see he can laugh. He steps into the barracks area and yells, Dork, move it! And Oh, sorry. He sorry. Dork, move it out! And on the double. Helmet jumps with fright, unravels his shirt, and runs towards the open door, putting on his shirt as we dissolve to... Interior, Barracks H, night. Most, oh, God, this scene. Oh, I forgot about this fucking scene. Yeah. Oh, I want to punch someone in the, oh, in the fucking face over this. Most of the men are clustered around their bunks, and in the dull light we see some of them in the aisles, talking, playing cards, while most of the others are whistling, clapping, and laughing as Almond does his silly little clog dance. It is apparently the ugly. It is apparent the ugly episode between Galt and Almond has been forgotten for the moment. The lights are hung from cords down on the ceiling, and for a complex this size, it could use ten. There are but two. Almond is having the time of his ignorant life. More, the more the men applaud, the more the more he clog dances. Close shot, Ludwig and Adolf. They are both seated on their top bunk. Adolf is enjoying the poor dance Omen is giving as Ludwig looks down the aisle towards Helmut's bunk. Ludwig nudging Adolf. It looks like Helmut found new ears to listen to his superstar fantasies. Adolf takes a look, shrugs his shoulders, as if to say, I couldn't care less, and goes on watching the action of Omen and the other men. Ludwig, to himself, but for Adolf to hear as well, a la Shakespeare mimicking Helmut. Ringling brothers would have done anything for me to appear with them, but I had to do what was best for me. <laughs> Close. Helmet and the four new prisoners. The four new, pr- the four new men are surrounding Helmet on the top of his bunk, listening to his bragging. Helmet. So I told Mr. Ringling if he wanted Helmet, he'd have to bring his circus to Germany. I am a German, I told him, and I am my responsibilities to my people, who are my biggest fans. First prisoner, new one. Did you really say that? Of course I did. They offered me anything. Anything I wanted to go, any, excuse me, anything I wanted to go with them. Second new prisoner. Hey, I saw the circus in Berlin f- four years ago. Didn't you make your entrance in a long coat with a pair of tails on the jacket about 50 feet long? Sure, and, and a funny little clown at the very end carrying the tails like a woman's train. Helmet studies the prisoner's glare and decides he could not even remember the clown he saw was Gustav the Great. Why not? No one would ever know. And he nods with a kind of studied humility. Yes. Second prisoner. Wow, that was great. Helmet eats it up. You should have seen him. You'd never know it was him. With the long tails and the white tie, red nose, long hair, and a battered top hat. With the hair hanging way down to his shoulders. And and let me see. 
your mouth. It went from ear to ear. Right. How do you clowns even come up with such ideas for faces and makeup? It doesn't happen overnight. It takes years and years. You try many faces. Then finally you hit the one that's just right for you. Fourth prisoner. My kids won't believe this. I can't wait to tell... His voice trails off as he realizes the hopelessness of what he was about to say. This puts a damper on the discussion, and the men start to break up and get down off of the bunk. Helmet, seeing his captive audience leave, panics. Wait, let me tell you about some other things. I, I mean, things that are really exciting. And please, please, let me just have a few more... First prisoner, ignoring Helmet completely. What's going on with those guys? He's looking down off the aisle where Ullman has the audience. The four prisoners move out into the aisles to get a better look, leaving Helmet perched on his bunk with a pleading and broken look of despair. Helmet, a last attempt. Did you know clowns literally bequeath their faces to their sons? Or sometimes to... He realizes it's futile as the four new prisoners move towards Ullman and the others on the, down the aisle. Third prisoner. Come on, let's see what's such fun. As he moves and the others move along with him, Helmet thinks about joining them and starts to move off his bunk, but his body won't respond. He just hangs there limply, his head lowered, a sad man. Sh another angle, shooting over the men, placing Helmet in a very deep background as we see the four new prisoners walk over to watch the action. Medium close-up, Ullman, Galt, Keltner, and others. Ullman was just finishing his dance with a spin when he finally gets dizzy and topples over on one of the bunks. All of the men applied wildly. Ullman, laying half down and half up on the lower bunk he landed on, breathing heavily, yells over to Galt. Hey, Galt, it's your turn. How about doing some of your belly dances for us? All the men agree and start yelling for Galt to do it. Galt moves out to the center of the aisle in the clearing made by the men. He holds his hands up for silence. They quiet down, and Galt looks around until he spots Keltner. Galt, reverend? The men become very still. They look from Galt to Keltner, back to Galt, their eyes reflecting suspicion of him, wondering what he's up to now. Galt is fully aware of this. Galt, well, reverend, what do you think? Would a little, little belly dancing be too much for the boys? Keltner studies Galt for a beat, then accepts his offer of a truce. Keltner moving towards Galt. A little fun is what we need, so... If you'll all hold the noise down, I'll join in. A hushed cheer goes up in the men, from the men as Keltner stands beside Galt. Galt holds his hands over his head and nods for Keltner to do the same thing. The Reverend does. And now Galt begins undulating his hips. Keltner studies the move for a beat and then does the same thing, but with a comical awkwardness. Franz starts playing a slow, sensuous rhythm on his harmonica. The men clap and whistle softly. Close shot, Helmet. He is sitting upright on the top of his bunk, watching what Galt has Keltner doing. A look of disgust passes his face as he turns away from what he'd been watching and gets busy with his papers and figuring again. Medium shot, Galt, Keltner. They are just finishing their dance. The men applaud wildly but softly. Keltner, puffing, moves over to the side, as, the side and sits on one of the bunks to catch his breath. Galt takes a few bows, and the men react with applause and whistling that's beginning to take on noise proportions. Keltner motions for the men to hold it down, and they do. Fourth new prisoner. Say, why don't we get the clown to do something? Fourth new prisoner. Oh, sorry. Galt. <laughs> a clown? Who's a clown? Herman. You've heard of Helmet Dork? That's him down there. Ludwig. Don't waste your time. You never get the great dork to do anything. Wider shot as he starts walking towards Helmet's bunk. First new prisoner. Oh, I'm sure he will. 
The others follow right behind. There is a look on Keltner's face like he would like to stop them, but between his puffing and his certainty that Helmet will be all right, he stays where he is. Close, Adolf, as he walks with the others. Adolf, you're wasting your time. He doesn't perform for the likes of us. He'll turn you down. Ludwig, he's right. We've been asking him for three years. I have a feeling he only does his little routines for the crowned heads of Europe. Adolf, and of course the big heads of Berlin. There is general laughter as the group arrives at Helmet's bunk. Close, Helmet. He sees something's going to happen. He puts his papers away and sits upright, waiting. His eyes catch Galt's eyes, peering at him. Galt tells it all the way with his eyes. This isn't... This one isn't scared, sacred to the men. He might just be the pigeon Galt's been hoping for, the one every bully looks for, for his own brand of fun. First prisoner, how about it, dork? Helmet, swinging his legs, already ready to jump down. I'd like to, but I can't. I really, really can't. Can't. Galt, can't? Did I just hear you say you can't? Helmet, it stops him in his tracks, and he stays up on the bunk. I'd like to do something, but pointing to the second new prisoner... He can tell you. He's seen me work. I need props, makeup. I work with a lot of different things. Second prisoner. That's right. I did. And he does. Helmet in fast. Sure, tell them. I can't just do anything. I need lights, props, and my costume. Galt does not like no for an answer. Galt, gritting his teeth. Now, me and these gentlemen, we don't expect you to do your act. Just a little something that'll give us a laugh. That's all. Keltner moves in from off screen, stands at the back of the group watching and listening. Ludwig to all the men. Ah, forget it. That's probably his problem. He's forgotten how. Galt, trying to suck him in. Wait a minute, you guys. Show, peop- show people have to be in the mood. Fr- to Franz, play a little music, like in a circus. Franz starts playing his harmonica, slowly. Galt, there. Ain't that nice? Don't it put you in a mood? Helmut, getting fed up. I told you, I need things to do my act. Second new, second new prisoner. Hey, Dork, what about that drunk routine? That was funny. Helmet looks at him, puzzled. He can't think or remember anything at this point. Certainly not anything related to any of the previous lies he's told. Galt, pacifying his head off. Yeah, that drunk thing. That does sound funny. Helmet, I still need many things. Props and... Second new prisoner, puzzled. I, I don't remember you needing anything in the drunk routine. Galt, starting to fume. Hey, are you trying to fool us? With Keltner, with this, Keltner moves in and up to Galt. Keltner, leave him alone. Galt, stay out of this, Reverend. We're not doing anything. We just want him to join into the fun. Ullman, right. If the Reverend can give us a laugh, why not a clown? All the men ad-lib their agreement with what Omen just said. It appears they are all on Galt's side, and Keltner knows it. Keltner to Helmet softly. It doesn't have to be anything special. A a little dance, maybe. Helmet, taking it all out on Keltner. Like that disgusting, disgusting exhibition you did? Oh, no, not me. Fourth new prisoner. Go on, dork, so I can tell my kids. Can't you get it through your heads? I need... Galt, firmly. We need you to give us a laugh. Galt grabs Helmut's jacket and pulls him off the bunk, nose to nose with him. So try. Galt has Helmut by the neck portion of the jacket, practically choking him to death. His vice-like hands are closing in on his throat, and Helmut's trying vainly, just to breathe. One of the prisoners starts pounding his feet, trying to make a march noise, yelling for the others, uh, uh, 
and making a march noise, yelling from the other end, so try, so try, so try, so try. The other prisoners in the barracks pick up the chant and the stomping. Keltner doesn't even hear the racket they've started because of his concern for Helmet being choked to death. He tries to loosen Galt's hand around Helmet's throat. Keltner, that's a lot. Enough. Leave him alone. Galt, stay out of it, Reverend. Galt spins Helmet around so his back is facing the aisle and he walks him into the center area. The other men feeling this violence happening and watching. Helmet, being choked, triggers all of their venom and all of their hate that they really comes on strong, stomping and yelling. The men, ad-lib, choke, choke him, him harder. harder. See if that's what'll make him funny. Make him dance. Hey, dork, be funny now. He don't look funny to me. He sure as hell looks funny to me. Hey, Gull, pull his string and make the dummy funny. And they stomp and they stomp and they stomp. So try, so try. And they get louder and louder. Helmet is kicking his legs, which are off the ground. And Galt won't let go. Close. Helmet. His face is turning color. He hasn't a lot of air left in his lung. And Keltner's practically hanging on to Galt, trying to get his hands loose. And Galt could carry another three men without batting an eye. Galt puts him down slowly in the middle of the aisle so that just his feet touch the ground. He keeps his hand around his throat. Galt, your public is calling, clown. Now, clown. Wide shot, shooting over Galt. Keltner and Helmet, we see the door of the barracks slam open and bang against the other wall, making more noise than anything the men made together. And they all freeze. Medium, close, the guard. He stands in the doorway, legs apart, hands on waist. He's wearing a raincoat. The barracks has become totally silent. All that is heard is the rain pecking away at the roof. Galt has to let go of Helmet, who just lays on the floor with Galt and Keltner on both sides of him. Guard, walking slowly into the barracks. What is going on here? To Helmet. On your feet. Helmet gets up dizzily, just about to, just about getting oxygen back into his system. Galt, like a little boy. He was uh, showing us some of his funny clown falls. The guard surveys the faces of the others as they stare back. Guard, because of all the noise coming from in here, I'm having called up front to explain. I don't like being called up front. I don't like having to explain, menacingly. And you might not like it either. A beat. Ba back to your bunks, all of you. Turn on the lights and keep it quiet. The guard turns to the door to go. Helmet takes a step forward, about to stop the guard. Keltner grabs his arm and turns him the other way. The guard exits, closing the door quietly behind him. The men start to disperse. Galt gives Helmet an I'll get you for this look and returns to his own bunk with Ullman almost up his ass following. Keltner leads Helmet back to their bunk. Helmet whispering. I was just going to ask him about the forms, my release. Shaking his head, Keltner, that was not the time. Believe me. Keltner sits helmet down, uh, sits down, ah. Keltner sits helmet down next to him on his lower bunk as helmet rubs his throat and tries swallowing a few times. Keltner, hurt much? Helmet beaten. No, I'm, I'm all right, thank you. They both sit in silence. Helmet breaks the silent. Helmet, Johan... Why do they pick on me? I've never done anything to them. You've never done anything for them. Helmet dislikes Keltner's remark and gets up from the lower bunk and starts up to his. He gets on the top bunk and start. He he gets to the top bunk and starts to get into it. Stops and whispers to Keltner. Helmet, you think I should have performed? The men would have appreciated it. Helmet rolls onto his bunk. The lights go out and he lies on his back, staring at the ceiling. Keltner sits on the side of his bunk and takes his shoes off. Periodically, the rays from the searchlight revolving outside cross the windows to momentarily force the barracks with light, fill, uh, to flood the barracks with light. After a few seconds, Helmut leans over to whisper to Keltner. Helmut, Johan, 
He stands up, eye level with helmet. What is it? They don't believe me, do they? I mean, about being a clown? I'd say you've convinced most. However, there is one you haven't convinced. Helmet stares at Keltner, knowing full well what's coming. Yet, he doesn't have the courage to take the chance that it might be another thought. So he waits. You, Helmet. You. Hey, that right there, that goes in with the changes. This, this, uh, the weak-willedness genuinely, and as we get further into it, it doesn't really work with, no. with anything in this. It doesn't present a theme. No, because at one end, he's, they're going to great pains to show just how weak-willed he is. Uh-huh. But then to show how single-minded of delusional purpose he is by leaving the barracks to go yeah. question a guard. So uh-huh. he's got some stones, yeah. but only regarding his delusion and not any... I don't know. It's, right. It's, it, it's confusing. Yeah, it's confusing and wildly, wildly, wildly inconsistent. Yes. So, oh, there was a little bit at the end of that. The truth of Keltner's charge hits Helmet with an overpowering force. He looks at Keltner for a beat, his eyes filled with pain, then slowly turns away from him, leaving him standing there as we pan with Helmet and hold on to close the window, the rain pouring down. Oh. And this the heavy hand in his, you, don't you want, to, that's some fucking, you deserve this level of insight, <laughs> you know, that's Romero-esque. The monster was us the whole time. What? what? Fucking really? It was? I mean, it was. I mean, who? Hmm. <laughs> ah, all right. Let's uh, shovel some more fucking shit sandwiches <laughs> your way. Dissolve to full shot yard day. It is the next morning, a chilly, damp day following a night of rain. Loudspeaker. Attention, off screen. attention. All prisoners will assemble immediately in the yard. All prisoners, uh, prisoners will assemble immediately in the yard. Attention, attention. The loudspeaker repeats the command across the muddy puddle splotched yard. A barbed wire barricade about six feet high has been erected, dividing the camp in two. A number of guards patrol the fence on both sides. Exterior, barracks H, window, day. Ullman is looking out into the yard. His, he motions to someone to take a look at this. Interior, barracks H, day. Galt has just arrived at the window where Ullman is standing. Ullman. <clears throat> they put up barbed wire. Medium shot, favoring helmet, Keltner. They look at each other in wonder as they stare into the, into the aisle. The men in the barracks are frantically trying to organize themselves. Exterior, prison yard, day. The prisoners are pouring out of the barracks doorway. Galt and Ullman are already standing outside as Helmut, Keltner, Adolf, Hermann, Adolf, Franz, Ludwig, stout prisoner, new prisoner, join them. All look off screen, momentarily speechless at what they see. Galt, what the hell? Full shot. Yard, prisoner's point of view. Beyond the fence, we see men, women, and children standing in groups near the barricade on that side of the camp. The sound of children crying is heard. Various shots of men as they quickly scurry to the, the, uh, to the, li- to, to the line up in the front of their own hut. Stout prisoner. Youngsters. They've got youngsters over there. A young prisoner. Women? Adolf, another fence. Medium shot. Prisoners favoring Keltner. Helmet stands next to him. Helmet. What does this mean? Why do they need a fence for? What Kel- do they need a fence for? Keltner shaking his head. Misery loves company. Looks like they're even going to deny us that. The guard is shoving the latecomers into place. Guard. All right, all right. Move. Hurry it up. Move. 
Another angle, shooting across the prisoner in foreground toward the new fence. Guards move along the men, herding them into the lines. On the other side of the fence, we can see the new arrivals lining up, being prodded and put into place by guards. Long shot, prison yard, day. On both sides of the fence, the prison inmates have assembled into wet, into the wet forbidden yard. On one side are the regular prisoners who watch the guards warily as they straighten their lines. On the other side are the new prisoners, about 200 frightened Jews of all ages, including 30 or 40 children and a number of very old men and women. They stand in absolute silence as the loudspeakers blare again, except for the crying children. Loudspeaker. Attention, attention. The Commandant issues the following special order. The north side of the camp is now temporary quarters for non-Aryan prisoners. Fraternizing between Aryan and non-Aryan prisoners is strictly prohibited. Any violation of this order will be severely punished. Heil Hitler. Repeating. Another angle. Shooting through the booted, outspread legs of soldier guard in foreground towards a line of prisoners behind him. One woman holds a child of about three who cries inconsolably. Loudspeaker. The Commandant issues the following special order. As the announcement is read, the guard's legs turn around and he walks away from the camera towards the women. He stands before her menacingly, and she clutches the child closer to her in a futile attempt to hush its crying. Loudspeaker. The north side of the camp is now temporary quarters for non-Aryan prisoners. Fraternizing between Aryan and non-Aryan prisoners is... Shooting a medium shot prisoners, shooting along a line of prisoners from Barracks H to show their various reactions as the announcement continues. Disdain, surprise, sympathy, and relief. The guard stands with his back to the line at the farthest end from the camera. Galt is near the camera. Galt. Jews. The prisoner nearest Galt eyes him questioningly. Loudspeaker. Strictly prohibited. Any violation of this order will be severely punished. Hitler. The loudspeakers go dead. The prisoners stand silently, staring at the new arrivals across the yard. The new prisoners self-consciously file back into their huts on the other side of the fence. As the prisoners begin to break rank... Guard. Prisoners from Barracks H remain in line. Barracks H will remain in line. The prisoners turn and look in the direction of the guard as they straighten up their lines. The guard paces slowly along the line, inspecting it silently. On the fringes of the scene, we can see prisoners from other barracks gathering to see what their fellow convicts are in for. Medium, close shot, guard. Finally, he stops and contemplates his shabby charges with disgust. Guard, I said last night I didn't think I would enjoy being called up to account for the noise coming from Barracks H. I can tell you this morning I didn't enjoy it. He walks down the line, looking at each man. Guard, I don't know what caused the trouble last night, but I'm not blaming you entirely. Fatherly, I failed you. I should have seen that you all have too much energy for the confined life you lead here. He smiles benevolently. Guard, we're going to correct that. I've been told that energy comes from food. Medium shot prisoners. Their faces reflect that they know what is coming. Another angle, shooting past the line of prisoners in the foreground to the guard who has paused to let his words sink in. Guard, so to help you, all rations are canceled for the next 48 hours. A hush ripple of ad-libs grumbling and growling rolls along the line of prisoners. Guard. And if that doesn't quiet you down, I think some other ideas you'll like even less. I'm going to make this barracks the quietest barracks in the camp. Roaring. Is that clear? The prisoners are silent, but their faces register their resentment. Now, don't blame me. I didn't start the trouble last night. The truth of what he has said is reflected on the faces of the men. Fall out. 
Another angle favoring Helmet and Keltner. As they stand with the other prisoners watching the guard move off, Keltner looks worried. The others are angry. Helmet seems undecided as his eyes follow the guard. Herman, bastard. Stout prisoner. I can't go without food. I'll starve. Suddenly, Helmet makes his mind and starts after the guard. Keltner, sensing the mood of the men, puts a restraining hand on his arm, whispers to him hoarsely, Helmet, don't. But Helmet shakes him off and hurries away. The other prisoners notice where he is headed and exchange looks. Keltner shakes his head. Galt's eyes narrow as he watches Helmet run after the guard. Galt, he's the one we can thank for the diet. Medium shot, guard, moving. The guard moves backward. The camera moves backward as the guard strides towards it, his face sour. Behind him, we can see Helmet running to catch up to him. When he is close enough... Helmet, sir, corporal... The guard stops and turns abruptly, so Helmet almost runs into him. Guard, what? Helmet, obsequiously. Torque, Helmet Torque, remember? The papers, you said, remember the special forms from the Gestapo to review my case? Guard, no papers. He stalks off. Helmet starts to say something, but more, but thinks better of it. Crushed, he starts back towards the barracks, head down. He walks sadly for several steps, then looks up and stops, his expression changing to one of uneasiness. Medium shot, prisoners, helmet point of view. A dozen of helmets barracks made, including Galt, Ullman, Adolf, Ludwig, Herman, the stout prisoners, several of the new prisoners are drifting across the yard towards him, and the looks on many faces bode not too good for helmet. Full shot, helmet, prisoners. The men converge and form half a circle around him. As the men close in on him, he moves back until we can see the barbed wire fence behind him. Helmet senses their disposition and remains warily silent. Keltner and Franz stand slightly behind the pack. Galt, what'd you say now, Mr. Dork Almighty? What do you say now, Mr. Dork Almighty? To the men, last night he wouldn't give us a laugh. Today, they won't give us any food. Ludwig, venomously. What were you doing? Making a deal with your guard, pal, to slip you some food? Helmet. No, I was asking about the forms he'd promised to get me. Admonishing. Because of last night, I, I'm not getting them. Keltner, seeing how disappointed Helmet is, moves up through the group. When this blows over, Helmet will... Ludwig, interrupting. Don't feel sorry for him. He's got no one to blame but himself. The whole thing was his doing. Adolf, he's been telling us how great he is, how funny. Why? Why couldn't you have done a trick f trick or two for us? Ullman, the reverend did a turn. What's so special about him? The men, the, men's, the men voice agreement. Helmet should have performed. Helmet starts to go around the end of the semicircle, but the men bar his way. Keltner, don't start anything here. We're in enough trouble. The other prisoners in the background, those who have remained in the yard to see what's going on, happen... What's going to happen to the men of Barracks H sense trouble, the kind they want no part of, and begin scurrying back to their own barracks. Ullman, we're not starting anything. We're finishing something. Galt, we've decided Dork here is going to keep us laughing so hard we won't be able to hear our stum stomachs grumbling. Stout prisoner. Better hurry it up, clown, because my stomach's growling already. Can you hear it? Herman, hear it. The whole place hears it. The men take a few steps towards Helmet and they call for him pr to perform. Yeah, Dork, do a trick. How much? How about that night in Munich when they wouldn't stop laughing? How about it, Dork? Come on, just a little trick. Give us one laugh. That's all we're asking Come for. on, Helmet, Come on, do helmet. something. Helmet, hoping to stall the inevitable, still hoping to preserve for a while longer his beautiful myth of being a great clown, holds up his hand for the men to be quiet. Franz interpreting the gesture as giving in to the demands of the men. Franz excitingly. 
He's going to do it. He's going to do it. The men quiet down and move back a few steps to give Helmet room. Helmet, grandly. Nothing pleases an artist more than to perform. I'm going to do a real show for you. All I ask is that you give me a little time. Time to get things together. Things I can use as props. I'll even try to make a costume and... You don't... Adolf, you don't need costumes. We've got imagination, right? Murmurs of agreement. Herman, do the drunk pretzel like the kid suggested last night. Galt, commanding. And do it now, clown. No more stalling. Helmet, still trying to hold on his dream of greatness, draws himself up proudly and begins to move forward. Helmet, let me through. Adolf, we ain't, ain't we good enough for you? Ludwig. He'd do his tricks fast enough if his guard pal asked him, wouldn't you, dork? As the, men, at the, as the mention of the word guard, the mood of the men turns ugly. Medium shot, prisoners, Helmet's point of view. Their faces show their determination that Helmet will perform, or else. Keltner, do something, Carl, for God's sake. Galt, and it sure better be funny. I'm betting Carl was, left, was a typo left over from before they changed the name of the clown. Yeah. Medium shot, Helmet, Galt. Helmet is frightened. He strains to look beyond the men for help. He opens his mouth and screams for the guard, but Galt puts his hand over Helmet's mouth. Galt, face pressed close to Helmet's. You make us scream. Scream with laughter, or we will tear you to shreds on the wire. Galt presses Helmet, Helmet right up to the barbed wire fence so that he can feel the barbs in his back. Galt shakes his hand away from Helmet's mouth. Helmet doesn't utter a sound. He knows that Galt and the men mean business, and now he must do something. He nods his head. Uh, all right, all right. The men move back to give room. Frantically, he tries to think of something to do. He knows it must be great, or else the myth will explode. He walks around a little circle, trying, trying to think of something. Finally, he faces them. He bows his legs and pretends he's a bow-legged man trying to walk a high wire. But he's so frightened, the result is pathetic, not funny. Pan shot, prisoners. The camera works across their faces, which are expressionless. Medium shot, helmet. Seeing that he is getting no reaction from his audience, helmet tries something else. He pulls his shirt over his head and walks around like a headless man. He pretends to trip over some unseen object, peers through the front of his shirt at all, and stamps on the object. Again, he tries to walk over it, and again, he slips. Medium shot, helmet, men. As Helmet starts to repeat the same routine, many of the men are openly contemptuous. Galt wears a smirk. Keltner, unable to watch Helmet's degradation, moves away. The others express their disappointment, their disdain. Men, he's German. if he's Germany's greatest clown, God help the fathermen. Dork the fatherland. The, dork the great. You got paid for that? To go without food is bad enough, but to have to watch that. Second new prisoner. You're not the clown I saw. You lied. You're big, all right. A big liar. Fourth new prisoner, contemptuously. And I was going to tell my kids. Ullman, he's no clown. Not even a bad one. Helmet, I am. I am a clown. They move away from him. Helmet, continuing. Give me a chance. I just got started. The men continue to walk away. Helmet tries to do a handstand, but his hands slip in the mud, and he lands ignominiously on all fours. When he looks up, only Adolf, Galt, and Ullman remain. Adolf. That's what we've been eating our hearts out to see. You stink. You really stink. I, I slipped. I can do it. Seeing the disbelief on their faces, Helmet becomes almost hysterical. He is still on his knees. I am a clown. I am. 
I am. He pounds on the ground in frustration. Galt spits contemptuously, and the three have start, start to leave. Galt turns back, looks down at Helmet very deliberately. He comes forward to stand in a mud puddle. Dork the Great. With that, he kicks a shower of mud directly into Helmet's face. Close shot, Helmet. And the mud splatters all over his face. He cries out. His hands go to his eyes instinctively. He kneels there, rocking back and forth in misery. Then from off screen, we hear a tiny, tentative laugh. The tiniest laugh you ever heard. Helmet looks up quickly. He isn't sure that he heard it. Then it comes again, a little stronger. He looks around quickly to see who has come back to taunt him, to ridicule him. Long shot, prison yard, Helmet's point of view. The yard is empty, except for a few prisoners from other barracks way off on the other side. Close shot, Helmet. He is puzzled. Then again, he hears the laugh off screen. He turns slowly to look behind him. Medium shot, boy, Helmet's point of view. On the other side of the fence stands a wide-eyed boy of about eight who is watching Helmet timidly. The ragged youngster laughs again, hesitantly, as if unsure what Helmet is doing is supposed to be funny, but finding it so, nevertheless. Close shot, Helmet. He looks uncertainly at the uncertainly at the youngster. The child is ridiculing him. He leans over the mud puddle and looks at his reflection. He likes what he sees. The mud on his face looks almost like a primitive clown mask. Very deliberately, Helmet scoops up more mud and blobs it on the end of his nose. He waits for the child's reaction. Close shot, boy. His eyes are laughing, but his lips are pressed tight together. He has been taught not to make sounds, not even sounds of laughter. But finally... What he is looking at becomes too much for him, and the laughter spills out between his lips, and they form a smile. He laughs delightedly now, satisfied that Helmet is being purposefully amusing. Two-shot, Helmet, boy. Helmet gets to his feet, bows slightly and stiffly to the child, and then attempts another handstand. This time he holds himself up for a moment, and then deliberately allows himself to fall back in the mud. Close shot, Helmet. As he lands, he quickly glances off towards his barracks. But, from the look of disappointment on his face... He knows that none of the barracks mates are watching. Then he hears laughter from off screen. He quickly rolls to his side and looks. Medium shot, children, helmet's point of view. Two more youngsters have joined the first and are all laughing excitedly. The first child jumps up and down, clapping his hands. Helmet gets up and bows, more deeply this time, a tribute to the children's vindication for his claim that he is a clown. He turns in the direction of the barracks. Helmet. Come back, damn you, come back! The children, they're laughing. They're laughing. I am a clown. I am a clown. He turns back to the children and again bows. He quickly leans down, looks at his reflection in the puddle, and scoops up a handful of mud, which he plasters on his nose to make a bulbous artificial proboscis. He turns back to the children and in pantomime pretends to see a fly buzzing around and tries to swat it. The imaginary fly buzzes closer. The camera moves up to close shot helmet. As the fly lands on his nose, he looks cross-eyed at the mud blob, then swats at it. The blob falls off. Medium shot. There are now nine or ten youngsters at the fence, all screaming with delight. Close shot helmet. He bows again. As his head comes up, he looks off screen towards the barracks, still hoping someone will be watching his great success. When he turns back to the children, we see that he continues to smile while tears course down his cheeks through the mud, still caked on them. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Now, this honestly could be a very moving scene. It is not. <laughs> no. It is. Abso-fucking-lutely not, because we haven't earned it from him. 
No. I mean, up to this point, we have seen him be a dick and selfish. And his performance right now is wholly selfish. Yes. If he was not looking around to prove something to someone, if he were just like, I'm going to dance for the kids. I'm going to dance for the kids. It'd be great. He doesn't. He could have just done that. Yeah. With this, with the character that he wants to go for, this, in Lewis's uh, description, a Charlie Chaplin-like fellow, there would be no turning. He may glance back at the barracks, but he's not going to be, look at me, I'm a clown! Yeah. And it's like this weird Greek-style keening about him being a clown and slapping the ground. Right. A selfish prick would. Oh, God, yes. Uh Uh-huh. They didn't seem to think, whoever... Yeah. Uh, that now we can just cut this, broom this part, and just have this all action, have the action tell this entire yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. We, Let's we, keep... The, it's like trying to make this weird golem of different pieces. It really is. Just, it, this is a, a fucking hodgepodge of, of indecisive egotism. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it's uncommitted. Yes. Like, seriously, if he had just committed in one direction, I could be like, all right. We probably wouldn't be reading this. Oh, no, uh-uh. No, uh-uh. Yeah, if, if this had just been, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Fucking great. But no. No, no. He does not. He does not at all. No. So we dissolve to exterior mess hall day the last barracks on the open end of the camp on the political prisoner's side outside the building is a low counter arrangement with two prisoners behind it serving mush and black bread to a long line of men all of whom carry bowls and spoons this time in mid-july three weeks after the incident at the fence the daylight the day is bright and hot our angle favors helmet as he nears the prisoner who is serving up the mush medium shot helmet as he moves up to the uh, up to be served and holds out his bowl, the prisoner, mess man, spoons a blob of mush into it. He then looks around quickly and before Helmet can pull back his bowl, slops another half spoonful into it with a wink and Helmet, who gives him a grateful smile in return. Helmet moves on to the bread server, who gives him a big grin as he slips two pieces of bread into his bowl on top of the mush. Helmet hurries away. The camera follows him. This is actually kind of a cool scene here. The way this plays, this is actually good had they gone for the other direction. He walks strangely, as if having trouble controlling his own feet. Helmet ducks around the corner of the barracks nearest the mess hall, then peers cautiously back into the main yard, satisfied that he hasn't been noticed. He quickly puts one of the pieces of bread into his pocket and takes out his spoon, holding the second piece of bread beneath the bowl. He wolfs down a few mouthfuls of the mush. Then he smooths out the remainder with the spoon to make the mush appear untouched. He places the one slice of bread back on top of it and studies the end result. Needing approval, he licks the spoon clean. Uh, nodding approval, he licks the spoon clean and puts it back in his pocket. He goes back around the corner to the barracks into the main yard and heads for the next building. Close shot, bare feet. This pair of massive feet are the property of, a big, of the big prisoner, a massive hulk of a man. Old prisoner's voice. Don't you know you can, don't know how you can go without shoes. My soles of my feet are too sensitive. The camera pans upward the, to the big prisoner and an old prisoner sitting against the side of their hut. The old prisoner, a frail man with a shirt off, is finishing his mush. Big prisoner. It's my stomach that's sensitive. Old prisoner. Huh? 
Here comes your second helping. As Helmut's feet walk into the frame, he stops next to the big prisoner. We see the reason for his peculiar walk. He is wearing a pair of enormous shoes, many sizes too large for him, and cut open along the soles from the toes to the instep so that they flap as he moves along. Another angle. As Helmut joins joins them and holds out his bowl of bowl of bread and mush to the big prisoner. Helmet. Here. Still grinning, the big prisoner puts his empty bowl on the ground beside him and takes Helmet's bowl. Holding the bread aside, he digs into the mush. Helmet washes in meat, his own hunger written all over his face. After a few bites, this makes the prisoner a little self-conscious. Big prisoner. How are the shoes? Helmet. Perfect. The big prisoner nods and goes back to eating, satisfied that he has made a fair bargain and shouldn't be embarrassed about taking Helmet's food. Helmet, don't forget the bowl. The big prisoner, his mouth full of mush, only nods. Helmet, tearing his eyes from the food, moves off. The big prisoner watches him go. Suddenly, he looks down at the departing Helmet's feet, and his face darkens. Big prisoner irked. Hey, door! The Helmet stops and turns as the big prisoner shoves himself away from the hut and goes towards him, staring down at his shoes. My shoes! The big prisoner reaches out with the large toe of his bare foot and lifts the flapping toe of Helmet's shoes. He lets it drop again. I said you could use them, not ruin them. I had to fix them this way, for the act, you know. Wait till you see how funny it is. Yeah, but I feel like laughing when it's cold. Don't worry. Worry? I'm the one who's going to get frostbitten toes, not you. When I return them, they'll be like new, I promise. The old prisoner has finished his mush and puts his bowl down on the ground and moves forward to join Helmet and the big prisoner. For what you've done to my shoes, I should get more food. Old prisoner, he's got to have something to eat. The big prisoner looks at him questioningly. If he gives you another meal, it gives you his other meal, he'll starve to death. Then you don't get anything. His reasoning makes sense to the big prisoner. Remember, you fix them before you bring them back. Promise. Helmet shakes his head yes, then turns and hustles off in the direction of his own barracks, the camera moving along after him. A few step after a few steps. Dork Medium shot, big prisoner, helmet's point of view. The big prisoner looks at Helmet, then at the piece of bread Helmet has given him. His manner is self conscious. He tosses the piece of bread to Dork. To, to Helmet. Medium shot, helmet, big prisoner, old prisoner. Helmet catches the bread, his smile expressing his thing. So the old prisoner puts his arm around the big prisoner's shoulder, while the big prisoner tries not to show that he is pleased with himself for his generous act. Medium shot, helmet, taking bites of the bread, helmet rather jauntily lopes off towards his own barracks. As he moves along the other prisoners, the camera moving with him, we see that many of them point or nod towards helmet and smile good-naturedly. Helmet is completely unaware of them. So lost is he in his own thoughts. Exterior, barracks H, medium shot. Keltner frowns Herman Day. They sit in the shade beside their barracks. Herman is using his empty bowl as a fan. Keltner is just finishing his food. Franz is examining his jacket, his empty bowl beside him on the ground. Franz, irritated. I mean it this time. Keltner, don't tell us, tell him. Franz holds the tattered jacket to show a button is missing. Franz, what am I supposed to do, use pins? Who has a pin? Keltner chuckles. You can laugh. It isn't always, it, it, he isn't always after you for something. Keltner, no. He fishes in his pocket and pulls out a large piece of chalk and holds it up. Franz, what's that? Keltner, chalk. What for? He says he can mash it into a powder and put it on his face. Herman stops fanning long enough to eat. Where'd you get it? From the guard. Astonished, Herman and Franz look at him questioningly. 
Keltner, a very bad Nazi. He still has a heart. Herman and Franz smile. Then Franz holds up his tattered coat. Franz, I'd wish he'd have a heart and use someone else's coat, or better yet, his own. Keltner, looking off screen and nodding. I ask him. Wider angle, favoring helmet. As he comes flopping up, still munching on the piece of bread given him by the pris- big prisoner, Keltner holds out the chalk to him. Keltner, finally got it. Helmet takes it and examines it in a very professional manner. Herman and Franz exchange look. Keltner waits for Helmet to speak. Isn't that what you wanted? Helmet holding up the chalk. This will do more for the act than anything. Wait, you'll see. <sighs> for a minute there, you had me worried. Franz, indicating bread Helmet's nibbling on. I see you got smart. His conscience bothered him. Hel- Keltner. I thought he would kill you when he saw what you had done to his shoes. So did I. (laughs) The men laugh. Franz, I don't know what I'm laughing at. Look at what he's doing to my coat. Holds it up. Look at it. Yesterday, a button off. And you've got it ripped here under the arm. Besides, all all that falling down isn't doing it any good. Helmet. I've got to have it. It's It's the only one I can get on, and still it's tight enough to look funny. Franz, at the rate you're tearing it up, it's going to look a lot funnier. Another angle, shooting past Helmet and the group in the foreground towards the main yard where Galt and Omen are approaching. During the ensuing dialogue, Galt spots Helmet, nudges Omen, and together they come towards him. Keltner, give in, Franz. You know he's going to talk you out of it again. Helmet, I'll be careful, I swear. Besides, I've got to have it. I explained before. A clown can't change his costume. It is his trademark. Franz, I know, I know. Galt and Ullman join the group, looking to, looking to start trouble. Galt, why should we give... <clears throat> why should he give it to a Jew clown, right, kid? Franz, that's got nothing to do with it. Galt, what's the matter with you bastards anyway? He never did anything for us but cause... All he ever did for us was cause trouble, but for them, nodding toward the other side, he can't do enough. I say he's one of them. Keltner, if he were, he would be over there. Through this, Helmet remains silent, his eyes focused on the coat. Galt, that's where he belongs. Franz and Keltner get to their feet. Herman remains seated. Franz, so what are you so hot about? It's no skin off your... Ullman, we've got a good reason for not liking them. Galt, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be in here. This surprises the men. Herman gets to his feet. Herman, what do you mean? Ullman... A bunch of them got picked up with the papers we sold them. And what'd they do? Turn us in, they did. The ungrateful. Keltner, so that's it. Counterfeit papers. I can imagine the prices. Galt, supply and demand, Reverend. Supply and demand. Deliberately, Franz hands his coat to Helmet. Franz, take it, dork. Anytime you want it. Helmet accepts the coat, nodding his head in the gracious manner of a ruler accepting homage from a faithful subject. He turns smartly and slowly, struts away with as much dignity as he can muster in his big shoes, which flap with every step he takes. The others stand and stare at Galt and Ullman. Ullman, what's so terrible about what we did? A lot of them got out of the country in our pa- with our papers. They were damn good counterfeits. Keltner, without a word, turns and goes off after Helmet. Galt, calling to Kettner very proudly. And what's more, we never charged for children. Never! Medium shot. That actually, there's, there is such a good scene in that. Somewhere. Somewhere buried in that fucking mire of garbage. 
there is a very good scene. Yeah. But that too bad. This movie said quality. They don't need that. That's unnecessary. That's an, We can cut. That was the first thing that got cut from the budget was quality. quality yeah. Second thing that got cut was Send dignity. Send all and those pro- trucks with quality on the yeah. side of them back yeah. to the quality store. Propriety right behind them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Medium shot. Helmet. Keltner. As Keltner catches up with Helmet, the camera moves back as they walk along the side of the barracks towards the door. Keltner, I've been meaning to ask you. Heard any more about the request for a review of your case? Helmet doesn't hear him as he's deep in his own thoughts. Did you hear the laughs I got yesterday? Keltner nods. Not just from the children, but the adults too. And the next one's dialogue for oh, some reason, yeah. Okay. Now you know there are a lot of clowns that make a big mistake. They just play up for the children. They forget it's the parents, the adults. They buy the tickets. Keltner, never thought of that. Helmet stops, faces Keltner, a sly smile on his face. They said I couldn't come up with anything new. Keltner looks puzzled. At the circus, Schmidt and the rest, wait till they see my act now. It's funny, real funny, isn't it? Keltner. The children certainly enjoy it. Helmet begins to move along again with Keltner following. Helmut? What? Oh, did, did we have a page skip? Do you have page 78? Oh. oh, sorry. There we go. My bad. I'm like, what are you talking about? What the fuck are you doing, James? <clears throat> Helmet. What I needed was time. Time to concentrate on new material. A man's got to have time alone. Keltner glancing around. You call this being alone? Keltner is about to say something, but shrugs his shoulders. He knows there's not much point in trying to make Helmet look at things the way they really are. Helmet starts to walk again. I've got to get to the Commandant. Would need his permission. They arrive at the steps of the barracks. Helmet swings Franz's coat over his shoulder as they as he starts up the steps. Helmet, if you have time later, I'd like you to see something I've been working on. I hunch down and do a tiny a tiny soldier parading. Think they'll like it? Keltner, who the adults? The children, of course. I thought the smart clown only played to the adults. Helmet. Caught in, his, caught in a contradiction of his own theory of clowning, gives Keltner an annoyed look. Then he goes into his barracks, letting the door slam behind him. Close shot, Keltner. As he stands at the bottom of the, sh- of the steps, he shakes his head and smiles as he marvels at the change taking place in the pompous helmet as the little, gentle clown within him struggles to emerge. Dissolve, too. Exterior, prison yard, pan shot, children, day. The camera is playing across the faces of about 40 children behind the fence as they watch Helmet off screen. Some of them are laughing, some clapping, some squealing with glee, and a few just watching quietly, but with laughter in their eyes. Behind them, near the barracks on the non-Aryan side, a number of adults also are looking on, but they hang back, fearful that getting too close to the fence might provoke the always-anticipated wrath of the guards. We see that Helmet, on his side of the fence, is performing for the children on the other side of the menacing barbed wire fence. Behind him, also a safe distance because they still aren't certain of the official reaction to all of this. A number of his fellow political prisoners are watching his antics, but in spite of this, about the important, uh, but in spite of this, talk about the importance of playing to the uh, playing to the adults. It is the children that Helmet plays to, and it is in their laughter. That he, and it is for their laughter that he listens. Medium. Camera moves t- into medium full shot helmet. And we see he has used the chalk to whiten his face. With charcoal, he has blackened his eyebrows, formed a wide black mouth, and drawn lines over his eyelids to his cheekbones, giving the appearance of a clown at once sad and happy. At the moment, 
He is coatless, but Franz's coat lies nearby on the ground. For the stunt he is doing now, Helmet carries the remains of an old broom and a piece of cardboard. He is trying to sweep a small heap of dirt he has gathered into the cardboard. But each time he tries, the dirt goes over the cardboard, and he must sweep it onto the pile again. After a few temps, he feigns exasperation and ponders the problem. Inspiration comes. He sweeps the dirt into a pile again, bends over and carefully sleep, sweep, uh, sweeps it onto the front of one of his shoes, holding it on the split top to let it in. This accomplished, he is very proud of himself, but then he tries to take a step and some of the dirt comes out. Frustrated, he ponders again and again has an inspiration. He moves the shoe and puts it under his arm, but he walks away with it. All the dirt slides out through the open toe. The children roar with delight. Close shot, little girl. She's a flaxen-haired youngster of about five who holds a weathered rag doll as she jumps up and down for sheer joy at Helmet's performance. I would feel better about this if I felt at all like he earned it. Yeah, but it just kind of jumps to that. Yeah, it does. And it's... It's it's all this bad shit happens to him. Yeah. In the midst of his selfishness. He pounds the ground, gets a laugh from one kid, and then three weeks, yeah. we fast forward, and it's all of a sudden the beginning of uh, Saturday Night Fever. Exactly. Yeah, and we're supposed to be okay with it. We're supposed to just be totally oh, okay. okay with it. Of course, he, yes, he, cool now. he has earned Everyone likes him, this. gives him extra mush so he can get his stuff done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, close shot, little boy. He is a completely delighted boy of perhaps 11. Each time Helmet does something he particularly enjoys, he hugs himself and spins around. Close shot, brother and sister. The girl is no more than four, the boy about eight. He clings to her hand as they watch Helmet. Unsmiling, perhaps not understanding, the boy looks at his sister, and a tiny smile tugs at her mouth. The boy smiles back. The girl giggles. The boy laughs outright. outright. They have rediscovered happiness. <sighs> Yeah. So at least we're not too self-important here. Uh, well, actually, no, that is kind of a beautiful scene. But again... That's a nice scene. I'm just saying yeah. that particular line in the description yeah. is... Yeah, the way that it's played just takes a lot out of it. This is, I am important. <laughs> what I'm doing is important. And not from Helmet, because what Helmet is doing no, here no. is arguing important. It's Jerry saying, look at me. Yeah. Uh, they look back at Helmet... Both laughing. Close shot. Sisters. The older girl is about 10 or 11. Her sister, 5 or 6, tugs at her arm, and the older girl bends down to her. The younger girl whispers to her, pointing at Helmet, and the older girl picks her up. The little one puts her arms tightly around her sister's neck. They both laugh merrily. Medium full shot. Helmet. He is putting on Franz's too small coat. He tries to button it, but it won't go around him. He sucks in his belly, but then his pants begin to slip. He grabs at them with an embarrassed look at the laughing children. Deciding the only way to button the coat is to hunch his shoulders, he tries that. But now his shoulders must remain hunched. He manages to, put the broom, to pick up the broom and puts it over his shoulder, playing the soldier. But when he tries to snap to attention, the hope... The, Po the coat pops open again, bringing another roar of last laughter from Helmet's audience. He now marches a few steps towards the camera, stops, snappily puts the rifle da down at rest position and salutes, knocking himself flat. Another roar of laughter. As it swells, we pan shot Jewish prisoners. The laughter off screen continues to swell as the camera pans across the faces of the adult Jewish prisoners huddled near their huts. They smile, fearfully at first, then break into timorous laughter. 
Aryan prisoners pan shot. As the laughter swells even more, the camera moves over the faces of the political prisoners on Helmet's side of the camp. They too are laughing, some tolerantly, some at Helmet rather than with him. But they are laughing. As the laughter continues to swell, the camera pans over to the yard guard. He is trying very hard not to laugh. The result is a self-conscious giggle. As the laughter grows even louder, the camera pans through wafted uh, pans as though wafted on waves of laughter up to a guard tower. And we see two rifle armed soldiers in the tower watching the performance below. They gesture in helmet's direction and laugh. The camera continues to pan over to the administration building and up to an open window on the second floor. Cut to interior commandant's office. Full shot day. Lieutenant Scharf, handsome, mid-30s, stands with his back to camera at an open window in a small but luxuriously furnished office. The window through which he is looking opens to the prison yard. An aide pokes his head in the doorway. Aide, in a loud whisper. (coughs) He's coming back down the hall. Scharf nods, quickly closes the window, and and gives a look around the room, and follows the aide out. Cut to interior, commandant's outer office, full shot. As Scharf comes through the door from the adjoining room, the aide is standing in front of a small desk. Scharf takes his position beside the door to the outer office. They come and wait. After a beat, the room's other door opens, and in comes Colonel Heinrich Bestler, a slightly built, pinched-faced SS officer in his 50s. Scharf and aide bring to attention and give him a salute. Scharf and aide, Heil Hitler. Hitler. Bestler, Heil Hitler. Bestler. Come in. Interior. Commandant's office. Full shot. Then I have a blank page. Me too. Bessler goes directly to the desk and sits down. Scharf stands at attention just inside the door. Oh, stand at ease. And close that door. Scharf closes the door and moves over to stand near the desk. I don't have to tell you why your commandant was relieved of his command here. This prison is a disgrace. Disgrace! The latitude allowed by him will not be tolerated by me. Understand? Scharf nods his head. Bessler gets up from the desk and walks around. This includes the staff. I'm not going to turn this place into a motel prison. A credit to... I'm sorry. I am a motel prison. Dumb shit that I am. This script is making me stupider. Um... I'm going to turn this place into a model prison. A credit to the Reich. Understand? Scharf again nods his head. Speak up. Yes, Colonel. Bessler returns to his desk, sits and opens a folder. He glances up to study Scharf. This isn't the first prison the SS has had to take over from the military. Military men are too soft to deal with those. He nods toward the window. Scharf Scharf starts to speak, but quickly changes his mind. Yes, sir. You were about to say something? Oh, I was just going to say that I didn't hold with the same soft treatment of the prisoners. Good. Our first order of business is to prepare... He is interrupted by the sound of laughter off screen. He turns slightly and looks curiously at the window, then turns back to read from the papers in the folder. Our first order of business is to prepare all non-Aryan prisoners for shipment in two weeks. Where are they being sent, Colonel? Work camps. Again, the sound of laughter from off-screen, and Bessler looks quickly at the window, irritated. Scharf, uncertain of his superior's reaction, tries to cover up. Uh, But we have about 40 children, some only babies, with more scheduled to arrive tomorrow or the next day. They're not going to be much use at a work camp. I'm aware of that. 
The order covers only the adult prisoners over 15. We won't have to wet nurse the children for long. Other plans are being made for... Again, he is interrupted by the laughter off screen. What is that? Before Sharf can answer, Bessler goes to the window and opens it. Prison yard, long shot. Shooting past Bessler through the window, we can see Helmet performing for the children. Bessler watches for a moment. What is that supposed to be? Bessler, Sharf, medium spot. Sharf goes to the window and looks over Bessler's shoulder. That? Well, you see, sir, one of the prisoners used to be a circus clown. Sometimes he gives a little little, sort of a show for the children. A show? Is this a prison camp or a traveling circus? Am I correct in assuming that those children are on the non-Aryan side of the camp? Yes, sir. And the uh, buffoon? A German? Yes, Colonel. Bessler sits on the side of the desk and looks at Scharf, who tries very hard not to show how uncomfortable he is. And am I to believe you aren't aware of the general order absolutely forbidding fraternization? I know about it, sir. Close the window. Schraff carefully closes the window. Bessler walks around the desk to stand leaning against the wall. Just what do you think? Just what do you think? Fraternization means, Lieutenant Scharf. Communication, social contact, giving aid, talking. How long has this been going on? Just the last two or three weeks. The Commandant and the Commandant approved? Well, sir, children are very hard to handle. The clown, who is he? I, th- I don't know. It's, it's, it's Dork the Great. Not his clown name, you idiot. His number. His identification number. If I have the Colonel's permission to leave, I will check it on it once. Later. Right now, I want these performances halted. Understood? Yes, sir. Bressler begins shuffling papers from the folder. Scharf, uncertain whether he has been dismissed or not, hesitates. Bessler glances up. Immediately. Yes, sir. He salutes and bolts from the room, almost crashing into his, a door in his flight. So this scene gets played for laughs, too. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think it's supposed to be? He yeah. Crashed, almost crashed the door? Yeah. Come on. Whoops, Glavin. I mean, yeah. that's what this... Ugh. Fuck you, Jerry. Other plans have been made for that. That is chilling. Yeah. Then bloody well should be. Yeah. Yeah. But then we have him run into a door. Yeah, this scene needs to be shocking. You know the only way this script would be worse is if it was written by Jerry Lee Lewis. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're right, actually. I might be be slagging Jerry a little bit. Jerry Lee Lewis may want to marry his cousin, but he'll have no time for this, sir. Oh, good Lord, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, I d- that should have been a boom scene that ends. Yeah. We have all this levity and all this good feeling, and then the heavy, the real heavy, yeah. comes in, and you should cut that moment in this, half. This is a st- he's in a fucking Nazi it's a step away from uh, we should have fart noises playing uh, intermittently throughout this scene. That's what it fucking feels like. Just a little reminder that the SS king of all villains is here. Yeah. God, and then and then oh don't 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 forget this is wacky. Hey, hello. Then we cut to exterior prison yard, full shot day. Shooting past the children in the foreground, helmet to to helmet through the fence. As he bows to the applauding youngsters behind him, we see a number of soldier guards coming through the cordon of watching prisoners, waving them to disperse. They do so reluctantly, as the guard from helmets. Barracks moves towards Helmet, who is just about to start another routine. Guard, that's all. Show's over. Everybody clear out. Helmet stops, startled. Medium shot. 
Helmet. Guard. Angle to include the children across the fence. What's wrong? Get back to the barracks. To the children. You heard me. Show's over. The children don't move, but stand staring at Helmet as if waiting for him to tell them what to do. This frustrates the guard, who is not accustomed to being questioned. Go! Get away! Still, the children refuse to budge. Angry, the guard goes close to the fence, waving his arms at them. Move it, damn it, before I come over there and... The youngsters scuttle back a few feet, fearfully, but there they stop, their eyes still on helmet. The guard turns to helmet. Get them moving before someone gets hurt. Helmet goes up to the fence and speaks to the children softly. That's all the show for today. Go back inside. The children back away with long faces, finally convinced that Helmet is through. They turn and wander back towards their barracks, but without a backward look at, but with many a backward look at him. Helmet continues to encourage them as the guard looks on. That's right now. Go along. I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye. Until tomorrow. Many of the children wave back to him. The guard takes Helmet by the arm, turns him towards the barrack, and hustles him off. Medium shot. Medium, two-shot, helmet, and the guard. The guard moves back as they come toward it, the guard firmly propelling helmet along. Get inside and take that stuff off your face. I don't understand. What's the matter? Orders. No more shows. You mean not ever? That's right. But we've been... we weren't doing any harm. The commandant thinks you are. The commandant? The new commandant. He minds. Just because they make them laugh a little? You know the rule. No mixing with the Jews. I wasn't mixing. I was only... The guard stops him and turns him so that they are face-to-face. The camera moves up to tight, two-shot, helmet in the guard. Look, it's not my order. It's the commandant. Now do what I tell you and save yourself a lot of grief. We push off... Hel- we, we, he pushes helmet towards the barrack and he turns to walk off. Camera billing, pulling back to wider angle... Helmet watches the guard go, then dejectedly shuffles towards his barrack. As he nears it, Keltner, Franz, Adolf, Hermann, Ludwig, and the other regulars intercept him. That actually could have been, and it's very close to it, like a very nice humanizing moment for the guard. Yeah. Where it's like, look, this isn't me. You know, I, th- that is interesting because it's that. I, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm not doing this. It's him. So that, that's a very nice little moment. Wider anger. Angle. Helmet watches the guard go, then dejectedly shuffles towards his barracks. As he nears it, Keltner, Franz, Adolf, Hermann, Ludwig, and the other regulars intercept him. Medium shot, group. They crowd around Helmet, anxious to know what happened. Franz, what happened? He says I've got to stop with, with the children. Keltner, I've been expecting it. Ludwig, because they're Jews? Keltner, because of the laughing. Helmet, why should that bother them? Keltner. When you rule by fear, laughter is the most frightening sound in the world. Oh, my God. Hold on. Silently, the men walk up the steps into the barracks, the camera pushing with them until we... Okay. (laughs) You texted me that line whilst reading, and I was like, what the fuck? Oh. Again, you deserve this. This is this is fucking Shyamalanian levels of goddamn foreshadowing and and you thematic statement. Fear, the, no, it really isn't. No, it's not. Because these are people not ruling with fear. Yeah, they're ruling with superior and terrible violence. Yes. Yeah. Which can make you fearful. Yeah. But uh, far too evil. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. They're not, uh, you know, 
invading Poland. Yeah. Unless someone giggles. Right. Oh, Everyone stop. Yeah. Right. Oh, wait a minute. Everybody They're laughing. Right. They don't take us seriously. Ooh, it wasn't the cold that stopped them in Russia. Yeah. It was a laughter. Mm-hmm. The laughter. Oh, well, you know, oh, it no. is a terrifying sound. Oh, you know what he means. Oh, he yes. He means joy. Joy in not being afraid of the... Shut the fuck up! Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. This from the same guy said, you have to have faith. Mm-hmm. You ever had a faith? I don't think I have it anymore. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. I like you, Reverend, but what's your deal? <laughs> yeah, it, it really is the worst when the character that you fucking love, the utmost... Oh, my God, this is... A genuinely good person. Yeah. This is the guy that we're like, yeah, yeah, I fucking like you. Yeah. Turns into... Mm, no. <laughs> you making this up as you go along, you Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I think you are. Yeah, exactly. It's like... Just, just a skosh. You bullshitting me? You bullshitting me, bullshitter? You said, because I think this is, I smell a little bullshit on I this. I smell a little bullshit. There's some bullshit on my shoes. Uh-huh. Yep. I think you did that. Definitely I bullshit. think that's on you. Oh, God. <laughs> when we hit that line, I was like, oh. Okay, so how long have we been going here? Uh, we've been going. We've got, here's what I think. We're at an hour 24. Okay. We are on page 89. Do we think we want to push to page 100 and then leave? Or do we think that might be a good, because that leaves us, that leaves us 50 pages for next time. You want to hammer out the next 10 and then wrap it for a part three just called why? <laughs> sure. Okay, so. We're going to stop reading at page 100 today. All right. All right. Exterior prison yard, full shot day. It is a warm, sunny afternoon, and most of the prisoners on both sides of the fence are out warming their weary bones. On the Aryan side, a number of prisoners, including Ludwig and Herman, are having a makeshift soccer game using a bound bundle of rags for a ball. They play with fierce rigor for such emaciated men, yelling at each other and kicking up clouds of dust as they try to work off their frustration. On the non-Aryan side of the fence, the children, now about 50 in number, are grouped near the wire barricade staring across it, their faces dour. It appears they are watching the game. Medium long-shot children shooting past the soccer players in the foreground towards the fence Although the men we uh, although uh, through the men we see the children, but the play moves away from them. They continue to stare straight ahead, obviously watching something else. Suddenly, many of them press close to the fence, straining to see. Cut to exterior barrier barricade H bar, blah, blah, barrack H children's point of view. Helmet can be seen standing in the doorway. After a beat, he quickly retreats back into the barrack. Cut to interior barrack H day. The camera moves backward down the aisle between the bunks as Helmet walks dejectedly down the aisle, nervously fingering his white ascot. The barrack is empty except for Keltner, who is arranging the sprouts on his potato plant over a little trellis of sticks. Helmet turns and walks back up the aisle to stand in front of Keltner. I can't go out there. I can't take another day of them staring at me. They'll get over it. This appointment is no stranger to those children. They look at me as though it was all my fault. Have they been told why I can't? I'm sure they have. Then why do they stare? It's amazing how a thing like this can feed off itself. Think how lucky we would be if we could do that. Keltner glances distractedly at the plant as he reaches up to his bunk and brings down the coat belonging to Franz. He holds up the coat for Keltner to see. I sewed a button on. Look all right? Fine. Helmet gently pats the coat, then folds it and puts it back on his bunk. I did make them laugh, didn't I? 
Keltner nods. I wish they'd get them out of here. Prison is no place for little children. We've been all over that before. You've got to stop thinking about them. Helmet trying to convince himself. You're right. I've got to think of myself. Keltner puts the plant under his bunk and gets up. It's too hot in here. I'm going to go get some air. Johan, do you think there's any possible way I could talk to the Commandant? Maybe I can make him understand. The sentence trails off as Helmet realizes how useless this suggestion is. There's nothing you could do but forget. How can I? They were my very own special audience, and now they stare at me as if I betrayed them. They're children, Helmet. You can't expect them to understand the madness of adults. If I could talk to them, to the children themselves, that would help, wouldn't it? Keltner does not answer, but he watches Helmet with, Helmet with new interest. If I could explain it to them... Then they'll know I'm not mad at them. Keltner, very deliberately. You go near that fence again, and you're taking life into your own hands. You know that as well as I do. I would just need a minute, a minute to talk to them. Helmet goes to the door and looks out. The children are still pressed against the fence, still trying to get a glimpse of Helmet. Medium shot. Barracks H. Helmet stands just inside the doorway, looking out. I wish to God I didn't care. I wish to God I could forget them. Helmet walks back to Keltner. But I can't. Helmet looks at Keltner, his eyes pleading for help. I'm going to ask you a question, Helmet. And I want you to think carefully before you answer. Helmet nods. The reason you can't get them out of your mind. Is it because you need them for the audience? Helmet drops his eyes as he attempts to find the right answer. I want the truth. I know I can't perform for them anymore. I know that. I really don't know what the reason is. I think it's got something to do with... Well, I don't, I don't want those little ones to think I've turned against them, too. That's why I've got to do something. Something. Keltner studies Helmet for a moment. You'll be taking a chance. A great chance. Helmet nods that he knows this. All right. Come on, then. Where are you going? You want to talk to the children? I think I can help you. There's no reason for you to get involved in this. Reason? When war is waged on children, that's reason enough for the whole damn world to get involved. And it will. Believe me, it will. Pause. Uh-huh. Yeah, because this is the first time kids have been killed during war. Yeah. Deliberately. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're called the Huns. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... I mean, it, it, it's it's a beautiful idea, a beautiful moment, but the the oh, whatever. Yeah, it's one of those things where it, it, it's it's nice. I get what they're going for with it. Totally, I do. But it's like you're dealing with a force here. This is this is a force, not yeah. just ugh. All right, um, and believe me, it will. Keltner puts his arm around Helmet's shoulder. Helmet grins, a broad grin of thanks. Come on, Dork the Great. Let's start getting involved. I kind of, you know, it's a little heavy hand. It's a little on the nose. But really, that's, a, that's one of those lines that's so implied that it needn't be said. Yeah. It's a great, I think it's a good moment if he just said, well, I love that. Let's yeah, get involved. Let's get involved. I love that. I think that's a fantastic moment. Ugh. Oh. They both walk quickly to the quiet quickly to the door. Cut to exterior helmets barrack day. As Keltner and Helmet come out, in the background we can see the soccer game still going on, the players shouting excitedly at each other. 
Keltner surveys the scene for a moment. Wait here. He moves down the line of the barracks towards the mess hall. Exterior, prison yard, full shot day. As Keltner moves along, the men lounging around the barracks, talking and watching the soccer game, trying to appear as nonchalant as possible, he whispers something to a group of prisoners. They glance back at Helmet and then nod. Keltner moves to another group, taking care to avoid the, the two yard guards, one of which is the guard in charge of Barracks H. Again, Keltner, Keltner murmurs something to the other prisoners, and again, they look at Helmet and nod assent. Keltner goes on to another group. As he does, the men in the first group casually disperse and start across the yard towards the fence, moving around the soccer players. One of them goes up to Ludwig, who is playing in the match, and whispers something to him. Ludwig nods, and the other prisoners move away. Ludwig runs off, chasing the ball. As he storms into a clutch of players, including Galt, all start all kicking at the ball. Ludwig, low to Galt. Kessler is going. Kessler. Kessler is going to talk to the children. Come, cover him. That's got to be Dork. Yeah, yeah. Dork. Who says so? Ludwig. The Reverend uh, says cover him, so we cover him. The players around Galt give him a meaningful look, and he gets their message. All right. I was just asking. I really wish that that had, had developed him to a point where it's like, the Reverend says we cover, we cover. And everyone looks at me, and if he just said, well, if the Reverend says... Like, totally yeah. serious. I think that we needed that level of transformation with him. Pauses. Okay. Okay. What line were we on or here? I was just asking. Uh, all right, I was just asking. Okay. <clears throat> Full shot. Keltner's plot takes shape. We see a dozen or so prisoners wander apparently aimlessly through the yard and form a... Hold on a second. Sorry. And form a spectator section for the soccer game with their backs to the fence. Thus providing a shield between the children and the guards. The game picks up tempo, but they play, but the play somehow stays at the center of the field, strengthening the shield. Medium shot helmet. As he watches their plan in action, Keltner joins him. Do you know what to do? Helmet nods. Stay behind the men and keep an eye out for the guards on the other side. Right. Make it quick, you don't have much time. Helmet nods and starts away, but Keltner stops him. Keltner and Helmet, keep the children quiet. We don't want trouble. Helmet nods and moves off across the yard. The camera follows him as he circles around the soccer players, trying to look as if he was just wandering over to join the other spectators. As he nears the other side, the children spot him and react, pressing closer to the fence and pointing to him. Medium, medium long shot, Helmet. Shooting past the children in the foreground, helmet toward uh, shooting past the children in foreground toward helmet as he nears the line of prisoners who continue to ad lib shouts of derision and encouragement to those soccer players. The children begin ad libbing cries of excitement and greeting to helmet. He puts a finger up to his lips to silence them, and he takes his place on the line with his back to them. Medium shot, helmet as he stands pretending to watch the so oh shit well. And the recorder's still okay. Shit, I just, sorry, I knocked the fucking recorder over because I'm an imbecile. Because this is the scene where you want to do that. Yeah. Oh, shit's about to get awful. Um, uh, helmet, as he stands pretending to watch the soccer game with the other. Helmet, shouting, Kick it, Ludwig! Kick it! The prisoner next to him gives him a sidelong glance and nods almost imperceptibly. Quickly, Helmet ducks behind the line. Medium shot, Helmet. Behind the line, he scurries, bending over to the fence. The children flock to him. The camera follows him 
to the fence. Dork! Dork is back! It's Dork! It's Dork! It's dork. dork. Helmet tries to silence their squeals of delight, holding a finger to his lips. Shh! The guards! The children quiet down and press closer to the fence. Helmet drops to his knees, looking around. Do a trick, Dork, please! Dork, please. please, Dork, please! Please! No, no, I, I can't. The guards won't let me. Not now. Maybe some other time. Close shot. Little girl. It's the same flaxen-haired little five-year-old with the doll we saw before. She regards Helmet solemnly. They're bad. Mm. Medium shot. Helmet. Smiling wryly at the simplicity of this appraisal, Helmet reaches through the fence and pats the head of the girl's doll. Eager to touch Helmet, the other children take his hand. Others grab his arm. Still other youngsters, following his lead, try to reach through the fence to touch him. Obviously enjoying this adulation, Helmet takes as many of the little hands as he can, squeezing them affectionately. Only one group of eight children hangs back. They do not seem to understand what this is all about. Their little faces are fearful, yet they are fascinated by Helmet. Suddenly, one little boy gives a yelp of pain and backs away from the wire, clutching his forearm. What is it? What happened? He hurt himself. Wide-eyed with fright, the little boy takes his hand away from the barbed wire to reveal a nasty-looking scratch one of the barbs on the, from one of the barbs on the fence. Seeing his own injury, the youngster bursts into tears. Shh, shh, don't cry. It's going to be all right. Be careful when you're near the fence. He consoles the little boy, who continues to cry and holds up his wounded arm for Helmet to see. Helmet looks around frantically, as if hoping to find help somewhere. Then he quickly removes his ascot, his precious trademark, the symbol of his self-accorded status, and hands it through the fence. Here, wrap this around it. It'll make it all better. The little boy goes on crying, but some of the other children... Ugh, I get stuck pages. Some of the other children take the cravat and fashion it into a crude bandage around the youngster's arm. It fails to silence the boy's crying, however... Hush now. Stop crying. Please, look. Look at this. He begins shuffling around on his knees, imitating a duck in an effort to appease the crying child. As he goes, Helmet quacks softly. The boy stops crying, but his face remains unhappy. The other children laugh in spite of Helmet's efforts to keep them quiet. But all the group of eight youngsters who all but the group of eight youngsters who only stare at Helmet are in awe, seeing that he is making progress with the crying child. Helmet pulls up his coat, pulls his coat up over his head, still on his knees, moves around like a headless man, groping ahead with his hands. Close shot, little boy. His frown gradually dissolves, and in spite of his sniffling, he smiles, timorous at first, then broadly. Finally, he laughs. Helmet shrugs his jacket back into place and smiles at the little boy. There, that's better. No more crying now. For the first time, he notices in the other group of frowning children, among the other smiling and laughing youngsters. They seem to stand out. When Helmet fastens a quizzical look on them, they back away a little, fearfully. What's the matter with them? They're new. We, we can't understand them. All they do is cry. They're all... Older boy. They're all the way from Czechoslovakia. The eight just stare at him wordlessly. Their fear naked in their eyes. There's nothing to be afraid of. Everything's all right. When there is no reaction from the children, who obviously don't understand him, Helmet looks over his shoulder, wondering if he has time. Medium long shot. Prisoner. Helmet's point of view. The prisoners are still rooting for the soccer players, but as Helmet looks at Adolf in the middle of the cheering section, uh, Adolf in the middle of the cheering section turns to him. Adolf, a hushed call. Hurry up. Medium shot, helmet, children. Helmet nods to Adolf and then turns his back to the youngsters, afraid but still unable to tear himself away. Here, look, I'll show you. No noise now. In pantomime, he pretends to pull a hair from his head and threads it through an imaginary needle. Finally accomplishing this, he pretends to be sewing a button on his jacket, holding the thumb in his left hand under the button while he sews with his right. Then 
When he is finished, he pantomimes that he has sewn his thumb to the jacket. He pretends to be embarrassed and tries to hide his hand in his trouser pocket, but in order to put his hand in his pocket, the jacket goes too. The children giggle, then roar with laughter at his frantic effort to detach his thumb from the jacket. The silent children press closer to watch Helmut's antics. Some look at each other and smile, then grin. Suddenly, the entire group is laughing. Helmet holds his hands for silence, but the grin on his face says he loves it. No, no, be quiet, be quiet. Shh. The children go on laughing as if this is just part of the game. Medium long shot, tower guards. The sound of the children's laughter floats up to the guards in the tower of the non-Aryan side of the camp. One of them, who has been watching the soccer game below, nudges his partner and points the way to, points down to Helmet. Long shot, prison yard, guard's point of view. Between the children at the fence and the line of soccer players, soccer spectators, we can see only the top of Helmet's head bobbing up and down, but that is enough. Medium long shot, guard towers. After a long look, one of the guards picks up a telephone and starts to make a call. Helmet seems to have thrown caution away under the stimulus of the children's laughter. He is on his feet, trying a handspring. He lands flat on his back, but rolls over quickly on his side and grins broadly at the audience, which laughs appreciatively. This is the old dork. Their dork. Again, Helmet tries a handspring, and again he flops. A high angle, with Helmet and the children in the foreground. And beyond them, on the Aryan side of the yard, the soccer game is still in progress. When the spectators on both sides of the action whooping it up. Then, in background, we see two soldiers, two SS officers, and the guard in charge of Barracks H, come bursting through the spectators near the huts and into the game itself. The players slowly subside as they realize what is happening. They watch the guards across the yard. The cheering trails off, and the yard becomes strangely quiet. The prisoners warning to helmet. Medium shot, helmet, children. Oblivious to all this, all this and his joy at performing for the children again, helmet is just pretending to slip on something underfoot. His arms flay in the air as he tries to regain his balance, but he falls. Through this, however, the children seem to be watching something behind helmet, and when he lands on the ground, they do not laugh. Again, their faces are frightened as they look off screen. Helmet looks at them puzzled. Then, realizing something is wrong, he turns and looks up from the ground. Another angle. Shooting past helmet in the foreground toward the guard tower. SS men and soldiers who have come through the line of spectators and stand glowering at him. The prisoners have moved back warily, watching for the next move. <coughs> guard, you wouldn't listen, would you? Almost wearily, he goes to the fence. This isn't something he likes, but his authority is at stake here, and he has no choice. As the camera pans him to the fence, we see that some non-Aryan adults have drifted over to see what the disturbance is. Guard to the children. Go on. Get back. The children don't move. Their eyes are on helmet. The guard shouts over, the adult, uh, over to the adults standing behind the children. You, back there. Get them out of here. The adults begin to gather up the children. They had nothing to do with it. It, it was all my doing. The guard turns and comes up, comes up to face Helmet. He studies him for a moment, then hits him with a vicious backhand slap across the face. Taken by surprise, Helmet staggers backwards and falls. A murmur runs through the prisoners. The children are still near the fence. They cry out with alert. Seeing their terror, Helmet is determined to make it look like just another act. With a painful effort, he gets to his feet, smiles at the children, turns and salutes the guard, knock himself down again. A couple of children giggle. The first SS officer quickly steps forward to stand behind the guard. He holds a swagger stick in his right hand, which he repeatedly whacks into the palm of his left hand. He looks down at Helmet. Get up. Helmet struggles to his feet. He glances over at the children. They are watching him. He takes a deep breath, winks at the little ones, and, sl and 
salams before the SS officer and the guard. Some of the children giggle. This infuriates the SS officer. He raises his swagger stick and brings it down hard on Helmut's head, knocking him to his knees. The children scream with terror. The SS officer raises the stick to hit Helmut again, but Keltner, in an almost instinctive reaction, catches hold of his arm. The children, not in front of the children. The SS officer turns and brings the stick down on Keltner. He hits him over and over, each blow with each blow more vicious. Medium, sh- medium shot, helmet, frightened children in the background. Helmet turns away from the beating, pulls his jacket up over his head, and starts to walk around like a headless man, stumbling, falling over his feet. The children, still screaming, turn their eyes away from the SS officer to watch Helmet's antics. Full shot, Franz, Galt, Ullmann, Ludwig, Adolf, Hermann, and other prisoners. The horror-stricken men stand frozen as the SS officer continues to hit Keltner until he drops to the ground. Suddenly, Franz breaks away from the men and charges at the first SS officer. Medium shot, SS officer, Franz. Franz runs into camera and attempts to stomp the first SS officer. The second SS officer whips his pistol out, aims carefully, and fires a shot into Franz's head. Various shots of the prisoners. Omen stands speechless and dumbfounded. Galt cowers. Beads of perspiration pour from his brow. Adolf weeps bitter tears as Herman places an arm around his shoulder to comfort him. And himself as well. Ludwig, dead of any emotion, simply turns and walks away into the crowd. Medium shot, Helmet. We're going to go to the dissolve and then we're done. Mm-hmm. Helmet is now more than ever the clown. As he goes into a frenzied version of the clap dance, the complete incongruity of his behavior leaves the spectators stunned. Mm-hmm. Wide angle, showing the children in the background. The children are no longer screaming. Instead, they're watching Helmet as though they are hypnotized. Full shot, Helmet, guard, SS men, other guards. The guards, fully aware that the sadist SS men may take action against Helmet, quickly motions for the two officers, officer guards to take Helmet away. The first SS officer, still panning with exhaustion, shows his approval of the action taken by the guard. The two guards seize Helmet by the arms and begin dragging him off towards the administration building. The prisoners move away before the guards holding Helmet, forming a sort of line of march for them. They drag Helmet along, he waves back at the children, makes a funny face, and moves his feet in something approaching a dance step. So, again, everything I read in this, I'm like, good lord, we are so close to something that could be good. Um, yeah? Yeah, but it's not. It really isn't. That is, so we are clear here. They bust their ass to give Helmet a window to talk to the kids. Yep. And honestly, I can't really fault Helmet's reaction just because when the little kid starts crying, what's he going to do? <sighs> of course. And it um, ends with... But kids aren't blind. Yeah. At this point. When, right. When the violence breaks out. Uh-huh. You, you, you can stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm distracting the kids. Uh, no. no. Uh, a guy just got his head blown off in front of him. Yeah. Uh, Keltner just got beaten, beaten to, to death, death in front yeah. of him. So, and another guy just got shot and killed. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, Stop. Um, knock it off. Because it's not like... And the one thing I'm thankful for that I could have seen happen here because of how fucking, again, tone deaf this is, that it wasn't the children like, oh, and then they look over at Helmet. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Oh, that honestly, would it have surprised you if the kids turned to Helmet and started laughing and then back and were freaked out and then looked at Helmet and <laughs> laughed? I mean, and I'm not saying that's no. how I would have done it or no, that's no, good no. or better. 
that that is a fucking thing that would have happened here. Yeah. That, yeah. ugh. This just goddamn and, thing. And, dear listeners, you don't even know. Yeah, we have don't yet... Even know. The next chapter is going to be us sitting here drinking water, <laughs> very solemnly reading every yeah. fucking word of this goddamn mess of an insulting script. Yeah. The more I see it, the more I'm like, this is... It's infuriating. It's, it is. It's genuinely infuriating. So, yeah. Uh, email your thoughts or tweet us our, your thoughts. Sure. We are thefilmthugs at gmail.com. We are also www.thefilmthugs.com. You can leave comments on the website or you can tweet us at thefilmthugs. Uh, call us at 512-666-RANT or the underscore film underscore thugs on um, Skype. Or you can hit us on Facebook. We'd like to know what you think, because this is, I mean, it's, uh, uh, I just, I feel fucking awful. We're not recording this next part today. No. I can't read any more of this shit. No, no, no. So um, next time we will hit the conclusion, and I, we absolutely promise you that the next script we read will be awesome. I'm thinking the Abrams Superman will be our next in these readings. Significantly lighter fare. Yeah. So um, thank you for listening. And until next week, we are sorry, but nowhere near as sorry as we are in the future (laughs) when the next episode of this comes out for the conclusion of the day the clown cried. Uh, I am Jim. He is Clarkson. And uh, until next week.